Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. A short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word. Only about 13 or 14 or so minutes usually, but uh, it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong in our faith and keep strong in our relationship with God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. You know people in your life who need to grow stronger in their faith, don't you? Who need to come closer to God, who need to start thinking about their soul's salvation and eternity? Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means. With your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can, you may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven ultimately. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to finish up our line of thought and study talking about the law, the scientific law of cause and effect. Now, for those who are atheists or those who may be skeptics or agnostics, and they're basically all about the same thing, who believe that Everything we see around us came through some naturalistic process, somehow came into being. They discount God in many cases. They just absolutely reject belief in God altogether. And somehow everything we see around us came from what? Nothing? And that's basically what a lot of them would say. They'd say, yep, just came from nothing. There was nothing. Then there was something. Well, where did the something come from? Well, we don't know. How did it come to be? We don't know. Why did it do what it did and ultimately create this universe? Uh, We can't tell you. But that's what we believe. Now, that is truly an incredible leap of faith. And they would accuse us, believing in God, as taking a leap of faith. Because you can't see God. can't touch him. Now, we can hear him through his word. We see his evidence all around us through the creation, and that's the only logical explanation for the existence of the universe, of this world, and of life upon this world. There's that scientifically, universally accepted law of cause and effect. The scientists, all of the scientific community, accept the law of cause and effect. For every effect, for every result, there has to be a greater cause that brings about that effect or that result. God is the only rational, reasonable explanation as the cause for the existence of the universe, of this world, and of life thereon. We've looked at that from a number of different perspectives. We have noted that God is not only the only rational and reasonable and really an intellectual explanation as the cause for the effect that is the creation of this universe, but he is also the only rational cause for the effect of life on this earth. Life does not come from nothing. It does not come from a rock or some kind of inanimate matter of some kind or another. Life only comes from life. God is the cause. Life is the effect. Without God, there is no rational cause to the effect of the existence of love or of goodness. 
because without God, you cannot explain love or goodness. It's simply a matter of what I think is love, what I think is good, and my, my opinion can change with the wind, and everybody else has a different opinion of both, and, and theirs is just as good as mine. Well, you see, there's no basic standard without God, but God is love. John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, and God is good also, Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 and 17, and numerous other scriptures that identify him as such. And he is always good, all the time. Without God, there is no cause to the effect of true meaning to our life, because without God, who are we? What are we? Without God, there is no cause to the effect of purposeful direction in life. Without God, this life is all there is. And we're no better than old Rover. When we die, we're just dead all over. No meaning, no direction. But with God, we understand that we're created in his image with a soul, an eternal soul, and that he has made the way for us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to be with him in heaven for all of eternity. In a place where there is no more pain, no more sickness, no more dying, no more crying, but a place of eternal bliss. Now, finally, without God, there is no cause to the effect of worthwhile identity as mankind. In Romans chapter 8, beginning with verse 12, the Apostle Paul wrote this about us. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, he's talking about the difference between living a worldly life of sinfulness and living a faithful, dedicated, obedient life of faithfulness to God, a spiritually focused life. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. If we have come to him through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, repenting, turning away from our sins, and being baptized into him for the remission of our sins, then we have been added to the church by Jesus himself, Acts 2 and verse 47. And here Paul is saying that God has at that point adopted us as his sons and daughters. We are his family. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And that is toward our God, our creator, our heavenly father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Wow. What an identity. We're not just physical beings. We are children of God, God's family. Now, that's not for everybody. A whole lot of people, they say, we're all children of God. Well, God created all humanity. But in this special sense that Paul is laying out for us, in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, he's talking about a sense of familyhood 
that goes beyond just our physical existence, having been physically created by God. He's talking about God bringing us into his spiritual family, adopting us as his sons and daughters. You don't adopt your own son and daughter. You adopt someone else who is not part of your bloodline. In John chapter 1 and verse 12, but as many as received him, that is, received Christ as our Savior, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Do you see that identity? Children of God. Wow. What a reality. What an identity. In John chapter 14 and verse 23, again we read, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. You see, God does not make his home within everybody, but only those who truly come to him through Jesus Christ in the way that God has laid out out for us in his word. As we repent of our sins, confess our faith in Christ as God's Son and our Lord and Savior, and surrender to him in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And we're saved in Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3. Galatians 3 and verse 21. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. And the Lord adds us to his church, Acts 2 and verse 47. And as we've already read in Romans chapter 8 and verses 12 through 17, God adopts us into his family, his spiritual family, as his sons and daughters in that most special sense. In Galatians chapter 4, beginning with verse 4, the apostle Paul wrote this. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And what is our ultimate inheritance by which we are heirs of God through Christ? A home in heaven. A home in heaven. Peter lays that out for us. In 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. My, how blessed we are to be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. You see, not all who are alive in this world are true children of God in this most important sense. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Oh, yes, the Apostle Paul went into detail 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that at that final day of judgment, at the res- our resurrection, that we will be given a new body, a spiritual body. God is spirit. Christ is spirit. The Holy Spirit is spirit. And we will be given a spiritual body, an eternal existence to be with God forever in heaven. God is the only cause to the effect of worthwhile identity as humanity, as mankind. Because you see, without that identity, that spiritual identity that God gave us in the form of a soul, gave us the opportunity through Christ to be with him forever in heaven. Without that identity, well, we're of no more worth than a bug in the ground. But God gives us that worth, that direction, that sense of identity. Have you embraced that fully in your life? We'd like to help you. You can contact us through our website at churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and you can email us and communicate with us that way. Or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you. We'd love to make the way for you to be able to study God's word more fully so you can come to a deeper understanding of what God has waiting for you if you'll come to him in faithful obedience through Christ. We hope to hear from you soon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for blessing us with a soul, and we pray for souls all over the world. Guide them to come to you through their Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray, Father. Thank you for creating us so. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.